0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Irish Prize Podcast. Today I'm joined with Margot Rowe who wrote and directed Pop starring Stephen Graham and an array of other brilliant actors. Um, So thank you for joining me today. Thank you. Um, And so I think the best thing for us to do is just start at the start really. Um, So if you could tell us a little bit about you and how you got into filmmaking um, and writing and what it was that kind of fueled that passion for you really. Yeah, so
1: um, I came from a uh, dance and performance background, actually, and I trained, um, sort of got thrown into it through educational schemes at school, into dance it was. And uh, um, sort of went through that and then studied dance and drama at university and then took a show to the Edinburgh Fringe. We did like the whole month at the Edinburgh Fringe and uh, realised then that live format wasn't for me. So, (laughs) yeah, I think it was a a long slog with not a lot of reward. Yeah, so after that, I sort of went, you know what? So I discovered during my time at university that I wanted to direct and not be in, because I actually thought I wanted to be an a actress. But then I sort of couldn't contain my own sort of ideas, so I sort of went down the directing route. And yeah, so then after The Fringe, I sort of got into looking at film groups and there was one in Leicester called Seven Five, which is sort of like a enthusiastic amateur filmmaker group that met I don't think it's going anymore every Wednesday um and so I went from there and then I started to get work as an assistant director and then on the side after a couple of years I decided to start making films um mainly this idea of collaborating the, my movement side with filmmaking um but then my family's just um full of stories so I they're really good storytellers so there's a lot of stories I wanted to start telling and um yeah film was the medium to do that
0: yeah okay so did you find I suppose then in film rather than like live acting and anything like that did you find that you could get across sort of like your personality more in your writing than you could in being in the films or yeah I think
1: I think my main transition to being into film was accessibility um I come from like a working class community, and um, we do indulge with arts and 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 that. But it was more bringing stories uh, and dance and movement to the communities and making it accessible and giving the work longevity. And I do think, yeah, I think with film, you have a very depending on how you want to do it, you can have a very heavy hand or a light touch on how you're going to guide your audience and create your work. Whereas in theatre. You can do everything you want to do and you can create the whole environment, but you're still inviting people to look from potentially one angle. Um, so yeah, I do think that I found that my writing and directing in film, I don't know, you're just engrossed in it more. And I, I love watching film and be I mean, it's Harry Potter for me. I used to dream <laughs> about being on set in Harry Potter. And yeah. I'd wake up and I was so aware, like, oh,
0: why is it just a dream? <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so I was going to say, obviously, we're here mainly to talk about um, pop, and I think it's mm-hmm. a good transition to go into it. I know you said about um, being from like a working class background, and obviously mm-hmm. that is kind of very clear in pop as well. Is that is that a coincidence, or did you kind of think, oh, well, if I'm from this background, like you want this film to be set here as well, or was did it? No, yeah, the kind film.
1: Of yeah, I think I can. I really enjoy the people. The community and, and my family, and that, and the humour that comes from where I'm from in the Midlands, and um the story is actually based on someone that my dad knew when he was younger. Oh. um yeah. So the character Pop, the the things that he did, he was he was I think I don't know 70s or 80s when my dad was young, and he he was seen as like this village gangster style person uh, who obviously isn't Pop in the film because been developed with Stephen and, and that, but um, he did, he was notorious basically for just being a bit in and out of prison and a bit of a scoundrel. So my dad had all these stories about this person called Pop. So some of the things that are in the film are things that actually happened. For example, um, this guy Pop overheard a man moaning about his wife and saying that if he if he had hands on a gun, he'd probably shoot her in a, in a jokey way. And then Pop goes up to him a few days later, actually offering him the devices to do so so that was real and oh, then so that's um, something that pop really happened then yeah yeah wow. really happened and um because oh, that's, that's what came first this story of pop came first and and another one was so he did that and then another one was he used to poach go fishing poaching and then he got caught by um the grounds people and uh, the hook got stuck in his finger and he had to ride home on his motorcycle and then the mm. last one was he got into an argument he got really drunk and got into an argument with a cow on the way home uh, (laughs) and punched it but um we obviously I developed the story to be a bit further and then it changed in the edit anyway but um yeah yeah, so the basis of the whole world is stories from which I've been told about people that my family know
0: yeah okay so that's really interesting see I didn't know that but now like hearing that it almost sort of adds a new layer to it really because obviously you watch a film and although sometimes you can draw parallels between that and real life I think it does make a difference if you know that it is based on something that somebody has experienced
1: yeah um, I th- and I think it makes it more like it's very random and I love things <laughs> that are random but you're like no will it actually happen so it sort of gives it a bit of gravitas to pull it to well I can do it because it, I don't have to try and
0: make it make sense you know what I mean yeah um yeah 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 definitely um and so you mentioned working with uh Stephen Gray in there as well and I'm sure Mm -hmm. this is something that you get asked all of the time yes (laughs) um but sort of I guess how did that come about really because um obviously in terms of his character in pop I think he has kind of Mm -hmm. almost been typecast in a way to be that kind of same character like obviously in like this is England and stuff like that and like help and things he is kind of always the um you know, like the rougher guy who's going through problems and stuff. Um, yeah. So when you first, obviously, now knowing that Pop was somebody that your family knew, when you first mm-hmm. thought about the film and like casting it, mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. did you ever think that you'd get Stephen Graham in it, or was like how did that all come about? How did yeah. you get from having this idea to having a film with Stephen Graham? So there was a lot of um,
1: looking for who pop would be and and there's a lot of development when we didn't have much time with Stephen but when we did speak the development of the character came sort of into the 21st century not 21st century but into the now rather than back in um when the character the person pop was actually about and um so how Stephen came on board was I um have been a dance teacher for quite a long time and I have known Hannah through teaching um her daughter dance and Hannah's Stephen's partner and um she knew that I was working on some stuff and um kindly offered to read my work um Mm. and eventually read it and then sort of said Stephen would be interested in playing this role uh which you're just like okay yes (laughs) that sounds incredible thank you yeah um so that's how it came about which I know isn't the story that you probably want of reading it and being totally inspired to, but no, I think there was a bit of that. There was a bit of, um, I could just remember having a phone call from Hannah who is, I mean, they've just a boiling point um, as a production company as well. Um, Cause Hannah supported the project as the executive producer with Matriarch, which is their company. And um, yeah, it just sort of fell in place. And I think it, it made sense because where the village that this character pops from is, the village near me, which is the village where Stephen and Hannah live, it makes sense in that world. They're very familiar with that world, I think. So yeah, that's how it happened. And then there was just a really nice development that we we didn't like I said, we didn't have much time. We had probably like half a morning to talk through the characters and that and the development of Pop into this more three-dimensional character than what was originally written on the page. Um, So that was that was really nice. But that's how it came about anyway.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's no, that's a really nice story, actually. I mean, mm. I don't know what I was expecting, but it wasn't that. But yes. I really did enjoy yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> um, <thank you. laughs> and I think you're right in the sense of it does kind of, even though it's a short film. And I suppose if you've seen Stephen Graham before, you've seen him in like really either TV series or feature length mm-hmm. films. It almost mm-hmm. it just makes sense that he's in it. If,
1: yeah, I guess if it makes sense to me
0: saying that, you know, I when I first watched it, obviously at first I was like, oh, that's Stephen Graham, but it wasn't like, Mm -hmm. uh, why is he in this? It was like, oh, actually, he's perfect for this and it really does work. Um, yeah,
1: and you know, it seemed
0: as if in the role and in himself, he kind of just slotted in there really well. And Mm -hmm. you almost, well, I personally, when I watched it, I almost couldn't have imagined it being anyone else. Mm, Definitely, he's so organic in that world. I think what's really nice.
1: I, that I found in this because you have your preservations obviously in terms of um, working with any actors of how where it's going to go and it was just really brilliant that Stephen took it to a place that was a different side of something familiar this sort of vulnerable um, vulnerable character that is playing the sort of role that he's been given in society as well as having this hidden baggage and I quite like when i create stuff i always think that i'm being too too precise in telling the i feel like i'm spoon-feeding the audience a lot which i know i get feedback saying that no we need more information but um i think it was really nice how he managed to get such depth in the character like without us knowing naturally what happened to his wife and why he was in prison and 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 it was really nice uh, to see that with the short time we had
0: yeah definitely mm-hmm um so when people talk to you about pop do you Mm -hmm. get a lot of questions sort of about the ambiguity like of those sort of things like we don't know why he's in prison or what happened to his wife and even like the ending like we don't really know what happens after that do you get people trying to pry (laughs) that information out of you
1: yeah I, I mean what I've made is a is basically a teaser for something longer And the longer bit, I don't know what it is yet. So um, I think it was was always meant to be a short film that is just a day in the life of or a a series of events in the life of. And for me, it never had to make sense because it was just part of this world that was ongoing and we were thrown Mm -hmm. in at some point. Um, Yeah, I think we had a lot of talks with Alex Jackson at the BFI who supported this film and Hannah and uh, Lucy Muir, who's the producer we had a bit of a back and forth about the editing, about the end and, and making it clear when the turning point was and just making it clear. Because for me, Jack's character, I worked with Ruben Thomas, who's head of the Tea Party at the Q Centre in Leicester. And we spoke about the character in, in depth and this turning point. And for me, Jack's character, it's about him just being who he is and it's more about the outside world's problem with however we perceive and that's for the audience as well because I think a lot of audience feedback I've got is I don't get it and I'm like well that's fine we can yeah re-watch it again and see if you get it because I didn't want it to be about Jack being trans Jack is trans in the film that's his character so I don't care that much uh, unfortunately <laughs> 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 i mean i think we could have made it a little bit clearer at points however mm. i like how subtle it is because that's how it that's what it would have been in my world yeah. that's how it is it's just something that happens we acknowledge it we move on we carry on with this character and it was really important to have such a, a foundation with the character of pop and jack before that turning point happened yeah, sort of throw the audience in with with how the mum feels, Keely who played the mum, with how the mum feels at that point, with how Jack feels at that point and with how Pop feels at that point everyone's a little bit confusing on different lines of interrogation about what is happening in this world Um, but yeah I do get a lot of questions about some people get it and some people don't yeah. and I think it also <laughs> depends on who you're showing it to Yeah, and if they have any pretense about the film and mm. if they're also looking for um something you know what I mean that's gonna happen
0: yeah yeah Um, definitely so do you find that people will have different experiences on it well of watching your film based on whether they know or not that Jack is trans because I think obviously I when I first watched this film I didn't know that obviously I was working for Iris and so I knew that all the films were sort of to do with the LGBT plus community Mm -hmm. so I sort of Mm -hmm. I guess maybe I even went into it expecting sort of well with this film and a lot of the other films I sort of I watched them and I was sort of waiting for that element to pop up because I knew that it was going to and it was my job to watch it and figure out what was going on kind of thing yeah even though I went into it I didn't know that that was the element of it that was sort of LGBT plus Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and so I you know the first time I saw it I was like oh okay this is what's going on but do you find that people almost have to watch it twice like once without knowing and then again with knowing and do you think it changes it if you do know that beforehand yeah I do I think because
1: we went to Bolton Film Festival two weeks before we went to Iris and um pop showed at Bolton and I think it it played differently there because it was shown in the female filmmakers section so okay. it, it wasn't labelled as an LGBTQ plus film. And um, so within that, people, like you said, weren't expecting it. Um, yeah. Whereas I found that when we went to Iris, I think people understood it or got it quicker because they were expecting something to, to happen. So in terms yeah. of audience yeah.
0: then, do you, yeah. I guess, do you find it interesting when different audiences watch it? so in terms of obviously at iris it is an lgbtq plus festival mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. you know there is that kind of expectation and as you said um other one you went to before there wasn't like do you find it interesting like watching people watch your film and like understand it because i feel like that must be a really strange concept watching yeah people do done.
1: <laughs> yeah definitely what i was going to say before which links into this one is i can remember coming out of the screening actually at um Iris the second time, and one of the other filmmakers, one of the producers, came up to me and they were like, So what's what's happened? And I think it's a little bit, I don't know if I'm going beyond myself, but I think it's a little bit of a reflection of where your head goes in situations and where you expect it to go. Because they were suggesting something had happened between Pop and Jack, and and they'd gone down like a really dark route, oh, okay. um, which I think is something to say. Within what our expectation of LGBTQ plus films has been, yeah. Um, and yeah, so that was really interesting. But I think what's really nice, what I really found nice about um, watching pop with an audience is um, when they laughed and when they because I find some of it, I my style of humour is just incidental humour that happens in everyday rather than um, sort of like orchestrated comedy. And um, yeah. there's a few things that I find hilarious in it. And um, I didn't think anyone else would, but when people started sort of engaging with watching it, it was very, very nice to hear. But yeah, it's it's different depending, like I said, depending on where you are and who you sat with, mm-hmm. it's different uh, each time.
0: Yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's really interesting. Um, and I, I'm going to ask you about Iris again in a second mm-hmm. but i just wanted to quickly mm-hmm. flip back to um the themes of jack being trans and obviously yeah. um the actor that plays is it stew is ash who is yes ash yes. yes um Who's you know doing really well at the moment in Emmerdale and all that mm. kind of thing, um, which is great. And so I just wondered when you made the film, um, mm-hmm. because of Jack being transgender, was it important mm-hmm. to you to have transgender actors, or was that again just something that happened? Like, was it a consideration, or was it just it, you know,
1: just yeah, to it was something. Yeah, you know, it was really important and I I um, worked with, like I said, Ruben Thomas at the LGBTQ Centre in Leicester. I volunteered for them for quite some time with the Tea Party, which is a, uh, a community group for teenagers that are questioning or uh, identifying as trans. And um, we sort of spoke through the script before anyone was cast or anything. It, we sort of, me and Ruben spoke through it and we also spoke about casting and we did a wide call-out for Jack's character for anyone in between the ages of 11 and 13 who could come forward to play this character. And um, what we found, actually, I've spoken to a lot of people that cast children, at the age of 12 there is a huge shift when um, puberty hits, basically. And it goes from having... There was such a disparity between people that were auditioning who were 12 that looked like children and then those that looked like teenagers. And um yeah. we auditioned a quite a few people who were trans and they we could couldn't find anyone to fit Jack's character, basically, because okay. they were on the teenage side of 12 rather than the the younger side of 12, and we knew that we needed someone that looked and presented a lot younger to yeah. have this relationship with Stephen. So we went through with Martin to Talent First, who was our casting director, and he did sort of like a, a wide search for people. And we auditioned, it must have been about 100, 100 children and performers, and it came down to a sort of like a non-actor um, person called Paige that was from Skegness, never acted before. And then it came down to Jake, who plays Jack at the minute, and um, spoke with Ruben about it. And it was really important if we couldn't find someone who identified as uh, trans male to play Jack, then I really wanted someone who identified as male to play Jack because Jack is a male character. Um, So that was a really important casting process. And however, Jake is incredible. Um, he has never done a film before. He goes to Martin's um, talent first acting school, and he completely understood it. He completely understood the mission, and he was so professional throughout the whole thing. And then, so yeah, we were doing that, and then I came across Ash online. I think I was just looking for actors to fill in some of the the roles and who would work well as Stu and then I came across Ash in an interview. And I sort of watched. I watched a bit of his work in Emmerdale and it sort of made sense. And I sort of reached out to him, and he was super excited about working with Stephen. And um, yeah, <laughs> and so yeah, Andy got slapped by Stephen. So um, I think he, that was the the best day for him. Um, not yeah. that he knew it was happening, but it happened. <laughs> yeah Yeah. I hope
0: that wasn't a convoluted way round of answering your question but yeah no no definitely no I find it also interesting I think it's um I think like you said like it's a bit of a hard thing sometimes casting especially if your character is transgender and Mm. I know there's also a lot of always a lot of like uproar and stuff sometimes when somebody Mm. who is cisgendered is cast as someone who's transgender but I think it makes so much sense what you're saying about because Jack is so young. Yes, it is kind of hard because I completely get what you mean about the whole, you know, the child side of twelve and the teenage side of twelve. It is, you know, really a really different thing. But I think it is lovely that at the same time you then found Ash and it kind of, you know, encapsulated everything that pop was about and that you wanted it to be about. Yeah. And yeah, it just kind of seems really organic. It doesn't seem like it was too big of a thing. Like it was important, but it wasn't. You know, it it wasn't made into a weird situation, which is nice.
1: And I think it's really um it's really important when me and Ash were talking about his character as well, about the representation of masculinity. And this is a real this film is my whole observation of sort of masculinity within the communities that I brought I've been brought up in. And I think he had a similar relation. We were talking about cousins and family members and that and these different stages of what it is in nowadays to identify as male and we were looking at the sort of generational thing of like, is Jack then going to turn into Ash, who then turns into Pop? Is Pop is and it's sort of like this: what different versions of uh representation are have we got here? Yeah, uh, in this world, and it was really nice as well bringing sort of Jack's character into a world that's so familiar with itself on screen. I think with the sort of. I, I class this as poetic realism more than social realism but bringing to light Jack, Jack's character within these environments and yeah it's it was um it was a good collaboration
0: yeah no definitely mm. I think it I think it all worked really well it all sort of you know it just makes sense it just no, when you, you. see <laughs> it it just makes sense yeah and so were you at Iris in October?
1: Mm-hmm, I was. yeah.
0: So how was your experience with that, and how was your experience of your film being in the top three for best of British?
1: Mm. yeah, so Iris was great, a lot of zipping around and seeing loads of incredible films. It was really nice that so we managed to see that and they put on some really good sort of mixers and and that to meet people and connect with new creatives because I think i've I recently moved from the midlands to london last year to do a master's degree and with lockdown and that i've not been able to meet many people so yeah it was really nice to you know it was really nice to see the work see the range of work as well there's incredible incredible films and then meet the people the majority of them anyway because a lot of people came
0: yeah they did it was a really good turnout
1: yeah yeah uh so i really enjoyed that and it was really good and then the top um three yeah I don't think we no one could have called it. I think we all knew that Babel was gonna gonna take the clean sweep, but mm-hmm. um yeah, I think they were they're all so different yeah, I think it was it was a complete surprise because, like I said, I don't think upon review of um pop, I have this process now because pop's like my first proper funded narrative that I've done mm-hmm. and I sort of do the script and then I leave the script for a bit and I go oh gosh this is a okay script I'm gonna I sort of detach myself from it and then I shoot it and then I go into the edit and I'm like oh gosh this footage is yeah this is good who shot this and then I go into the sort of edited sound grade and everything and then it comes out and then it's been enough time that it's now it's almost its own thing I have made it with people but the 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 same time, it's, it's got its own thing, I think. Like I said before, I've realized I, I don't necessarily know that it's a short film, I feel like it's a slice of an episode of something. Um, I mean, it is 20 minutes long, so it's quite long for a short film, but um, yeah, it was great, it was just great to get the um feedback from the jury to be honest, yeah, um, because it was, yeah, just some really kind words and just a nice, I think, for because the project got caught in the first lockdown because it was shot in 2019 and then we were supposed to go into post at the beginning of 2020 and then it got caught uh, in the post house and um, we didn't actually finish it until probably this time last year. Um, So it's a long, long process of having something that you just wanted to get out there and, and, and get an audience to see it. So it was really nice that it got the highly recommended, I think amongst the, the other ones as well, because
0: don't know it's just it's just good isn't it (laughs) yeah yeah no it Mm. is good um Mm. and so in terms of getting it out there as well obviously um at the moment your film as well is in part of the iris on the move
1: yes um so
0: it's sort of going up and down the country and stuff how does that feel does it feel like to know that it really is getting out there and people are seeing it and it's you know just doing its own thing is that that must be really cool to have
1: yeah, really cool. And I think it comes back to this accessibility thing as well. I think um, short films, they live, I think it's getting a bit better, but a lot of short films just live on the internet. But I think when you give it that sort of cinema, because I think it's, it's Bart Bizarre's who shot it. It shot it quite, it's like a hybrid between quite cinematic and also true to the form of poetic realism and I think it works well on the big screen personally and the score done by Lindsay Wright who is an incredible incredible composer um yeah you just need to listen to it with some big speakers really Um, (laughs) so I think getting out there and watching it in the cinema and, and also having it go into places where people can actually see it in an environment that it was sort of intended to be seen in and also One of the things when we went to Bolton, um, one of the audience members said that that is where he lives, not in terms of the actual location, but that environment, that community is basically where he was brought up with, where he connects with. And it was so nice to hear that we'd sort of truly represented where we're from as well, because that was two minutes down the road where we shot the majority of it from where we lived. Um, And just put that slice of the UK on the map.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so now I'm not sure actually, is it on all four yet or is it going on all that four? That is I the I good know question, isn't yeah? it? Yeah, I know that's it. Uh, it was on all four
1: and now it's not on all four, um, okay. and nobody knows. Nobody knows. Well, okay, technical issue, <laughs> apparently. Technical issue, yeah,
0: yeah. So, yeah. in the hope that it's coming on back onto all four, mm-hmm. or I guess, mm-hmm. I guess, in terms of when it originally was, like. Did you have a watch party? Was it like gather everybody around, look at what I've done, it's on all four? Or were you just like, yeah, I'm I'm a filmmaker and I'm on all four? Like was it, <laughs> you know, how did that it go?
1: Was, I think it was an online. No, it was like an online push. I think we sent out a link to everyone who we had like an online screening before because of the pandemic and whatnot, mm-hmm. and trying to get everyone together. And then yeah, it was a, just an online push of his, my work, and um also. Sort of reaching out to I have not got an agent or anything at the minute, so reaching out to agencies and giving them a link to it, and then them going, oh, it's not on there. I yeah. was like, oh, great, that's that's amazing. <laughs> and yeah, no, but it is. I think it's I think all is a place for it, isn't it? Really, it, it's yeah, it's all of your sort of shame meadows style. Not that it is a shame meadows style film, but it's that sort of slice of life reality. Yeah, um, place it and it's amazing that it'll be on there mm-hmm. for a year,
0: hopefully yeah hopefully yeah well fingers yeah, crossed for that one <laughs> fingers crossed yeah and so we're sort of coming to the end of it now so I'd just like to sort of finish okay. up with a few questions about what is coming next for you or what would you like mm-hmm. to come next for you if you haven't got anything in yeah. the works I don't want to so, I don't want to ask for any spoilers just in case
1: <laughs> yeah no so I'm working with Lucy Mirror at the minute of uh, Strive Films Um we've been working and developing a TV series for a young audience with the BFI Young Audience Content Fund. And it's basically looking at regional, regional sort of Midlands-based working class kids, finish school, and then you have to sort of start becoming an adult. And it's sort of like how they navigate life, where they are, but it's done through movement and dialogue because I'm trying to fuse my passion for both at the minute. So yeah, we're developing that at the minute. It's just been through the Torino Series Lab last year which was really nice and um, we are just putting that out to see who is interested uh, at the minute and then I am trying to get into the music video game. Um, okay. Yeah because I think it makes sense with sort of like my dance background and filmmaking background I've just done a screen dance MA so yeah I'm sort of just looking to make lots of stuff and collaborating as well because I think we did a lot of collaboration um when we were in the midlands and we sort of knew the community that was up there but i need to start spreading out and meeting people and i've i've met up with a few people that i met at iris which is really
0: nice oh that's um, good. That's so good to hear
1: it, yeah but yeah just writing creating mm. and powering on as it is yeah <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> well that all sounds really interesting and so just one last question for me so I know you spoke about before, obviously Pop is a short film and you said like it mm-hmm. feels like it should be and it's but although I guess it's 20 minutes long, so mm. that's kind of that. but um do you think there is obviously in the future any uh kind of prospect for pop to be extended into like a feature-length film mm. or mm. explore that world a little bit more? Because like you said, it is sort of just a snippet of that yeah. world. Um would you be interested in kind of giving us a bit more of that, or is it gonna stay as it is and you know open to interpretation
1: yeah it's a big question isn't it I mean there's 101 stories
0: from Mm. my dad
1: um whether it fits in with this with this story or not I don't know I think the first feature thing something that I'm a bit like "Mm." I don't know I don't know if pop would work as I think it would work as a feature yeah I'm not sure what it'd be and I think it's the question of what do you want your first feature to be um yeah but yeah, I don't know if it would work as a TV series either. You know like situation which is basically a feature. But um I think there's definitely room I definitely I think there's definitely room to explore the themes in the world and explore yeah. Jack's character a lot more and Pop's character and their relationship a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um I think it's something that I think if I have a long hard think about it and something comes to mind then yes, I don't think it's finished put it that way. Yeah. But at the minute okay. there's nothing else happening with it.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, Oh cool. well, I definitely yeah. look forward to you know seeing where that goes. Um, yes, and yeah, that's really it for, it, for us today. So, thank you so much for joining me. Um, oh, thank I you. really appreciate having- it, and um, hopefully, we'll see a lot more from you soon.
1: Yes, and uh, good luck with next year. <laughs> yeah, I'm w-
0: surprised it would be great. Yes, well, if oh, hopefully they'll invite me back, we'll come see. Over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right well thank you so so much for joining me today
1: <laughs> it will,
0: <very> well. <laughs> yeah well thank you as well okay thank you